Hi, I'm Dr. Andrea Stover, licensed marriage and family therapist, and you're listening to the Modern Day Romantic Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. Today, we're going to be focusing on something I'm calling the comfort trap in relationships. I don't think we need to stretch our imaginations too far to imagine what I might mean by that, but we will definitely be getting into more of the details. So I want to start with talking about societal models for what a healthy relationship looks like and not just, you know, oh, good communication and, um, you know, putting each other first or other things that you might hear as, as to, you know, we, we kind of have that in our, our minds. We could answer a question, let's say, of what people think a healthy relationship is. But as I'm talking as far as actually witnessing, observing, being able to have a real experience that's informed, not just the idea of a healthy functional relationship through time, but the lived experience of that. I cannot tell you the number of times I have sat with clients and have heard, well, I didn't have a healthy model for a relation. I don't know what I'm doing here. I mean, I, I'm trying to do it differently than maybe my parents or anyone else in my family or, uh, you know, or what I've seen, you know, happen in relationships, but I don't really know how to do that exactly. And that's why oftentimes people come to couples therapy. So this lack of having a model, this is really, Oh, society does us such a disservice. You know, we're really set up for seeing the beginning of a relationship. And it's not that difficult to become infatuated with someone and to really fall for someone, whether that be real love or not. But, you know, to, to kind of be in the feel goods for an extended or a certain amount of time, let's say, in a relationship. And maybe you're in that space long enough to, you know, walk down the aisle and commit to marrying someone. Eventually, the relationship is going to have to shift and grow in order to stay viable. That's the nature of life. We are in a constant state of flux. And I think what happens is the beginning years really set the the tone for, you know, how that bond plays out uh, through an extended period of time in the relationship. So let's say, for example, there's early wounding that happens in a relationship that doesn't get sufficiently kind of worked through, processed, integrated to where it can be uh, moved forward from that place. And this is, this is where I think things start to really break down is it's not just about having, you know, the healthy model of what a relationship is, but it's also about conflict resolution. It's about knowing how to address, you know, what you're feeling, what you're going through, what your experience is, and being able to also hold the space for someone else who may have a different perspective from you, i.e. your partner, and being able to have a constructive empathetic dialogue that really gets you somewhere. And without having skills to do that, without whether that just be a, a lack of awareness, whether it be just simply feeling inept and not knowing how to do that, whether it be one of you is and the other is not open for discussions like that, whatever the case may be, 
I think this is where some of those cracks really start to happen in a lot of relationships. And unfortunately, and people sometimes people don't like this, it's going to therapy is not about reliving the past. It is about going in there and seeing where the dysfunction is. And maybe that means exploring the origin of it so that it can get patched up and you can move forward from there. But sometimes uh, people don't want to go back to those things because they're they're painful and that's very understandable. But what I often try to tell people is, look, regardless of if you're willing to do that or not, you're living with this pain every day because your relationship is not growing. It's not getting to that place of, you know, developing beyond that that crack or that wound. It doesn't mean that we can't have pieces and parts of the relationship that are continuing to progress forward or, you know, grow, but it's, it's like a, a house, like you still have a crack in the foundation and that's going to need to be addressed at some point or another, if the house is going to, you know, be functional and reliable and you're going to feel secure and supported by that house through time. So I'll just say first off that, that piece of it, which I think, you know, it's, it's, what do we do? You know, when when those initial hurts or betrayals or woundings occur in the relationship, and if those don't get uh, patched up or healed in in some way, the couple can't really move forward uh, without being susceptible to falling through those cracks from time to time. And I think that's maybe what leads for some people to the comfort trap. And one thing I think the comfort trap is is a feeling of false security. It's it's deriving security from, well, you know, you're old, trusty, de dependable, reliable. I know you're not going to leave me. Uh, and so I can feel secure in that. But the, the shadow side of that is actually you would need to face the insecurity of confronting not the other person. It's not like a, you know, aggressive confrontation I'm talking about, but you would need to confront your own insecurities as well as the insecurity that might arise in your partner in order to progress the relationship, in order to move forward, in order to heal from, you know, whatever those cracks were. So it's not really comfort uh, for a lot of folks. It's really stagnation. And the stagnation is inertia. And the inertia is, I don't want to do anything because any way I go here, I'm going to have to face something or we're going to have to face something. And it makes me feel really insecure to do that. So do you see where this idea of feeling comfortable is not really about, and in the way I'm talking about it anyways, it's not really about true comfort and peace. It's really about wanting to numb out to the anxiety and the unknown of what would happen if we had to really confront ourselves or confront the one another within the relationship to see what might need to be repaired. And you can imagine if you don't feel you have the skills to do that, if you don't have a model for how to do that, that's going to be really anxiety producing. So I, I completely understand that. I think when the comfort trap kicks in, oftentimes partners will say, you know, well, it's more like we're roommates, you know, it's, um, 
we've been together so long. I can't imagine not being with them, but at the same time, uh, I don't really enjoy this or uh, I'm too afraid to start over again or, you know, and, and I'm not saying that that would have to be what happens. I'm just saying, I think this is all of that anxiety and that fear of confronting and, and therefore leading to stagnation. So you want to feel secure in a relationship, but you don't want to feel like it's too, too easy, let's say, because if it's too easy, I, uh, and maybe it's not too easy, but that there's just not, when it's too easy, uh, meaning that there's not enough connecting or not enough confronting, then I don't really know if that relationship through time is alive or not, or if it's just kind of uh, stagnating there. Okay. So the other side of stagnation, like the opposite, I think would be having a highly, what, what you're looking for is an alive, like something that feels viable. And I'm going to talk about the principle of eros or eroticism. I don't mean that sexually or, you know, in, in kind of like a pigeonholed way of talking about that. What I mean is that erotic energy or eros is the is the power, is the energy behind transformation. It is what is needed in order to bring about the change, in order to grow, in order to um, rebirth something into a new form. And it can be, we all know birth can be really messy, it can be painful, but it can also be really enlivening. So that's where the passion resides, is, is in Eros. And oftentimes couples that are in the comfort trap have kind of dimmed their flames. There's, there's not a, a lot of uh, passion, let's say. So one thing I really want to say about that is I think it's important for each person to tend to their own inner flame, meaning what lights you up? Where is your passion? And is the relationship suffering because perhaps in your life you're not showing up as, you know, who you would like to be or in in the particular form or shape that you felt like your life would go because you're also afraid to you know be vulnerable or risk that so it's not always you know because of the relationship that we fall into that it can also be because individually our our flame is dim and therefore we're just not bringing you know the the alive version of ourselves to the relationship so we want to really make sure to stay in eros to stay in that erotic space of I feel really passionate about this, or I feel a strong conviction about, you know, following this path in my life or, you know, doing something meaningful. And it's okay. We're, like I said, life is, we're in flux a lot. It's not always going to be that way. And the, the comfort trap can be a phase. It can be a chapter. It, it doesn't have to mean it's a sentence for the rest of the relationship. So the, the steps required would be, can we, you know, kind of shock this thing back to life? And is, is it me that needs shock back to life? Is it, and therefore the relationship will come back to life? Is it outside of the relationship? I feel, um, really good, but you know, within the relationship, I'm struggling to feel like I can keep my flame going. That's another important piece of it, I think, because you you want to be really clear about that that's really going to direct 
how, you know, how you proceed and what to do next. Okay. So finding and tending to your flame, the spark in the relationship, I think that can go out for a lot of different reasons, but a, a really common one is when the roles shift from being partners, like simply partners to one another, to introducing being parents together. It can be really hard to juggle that. And I think that's why there hasn't been uh, a lot of healthy modeling because oftentimes the couple can collapse into the role of being parents at the expense of the marriage or the, the subsystem that is the couple. So I always want to encourage if, if that's you or, you know, in the relationship you're in for the couple to find some space to be outside of those roles of maybe mom or dad or, or parents. And, you know, it's, it's funny because a lot of times people will say, well, we, we did it. You know, we, we went on a date night, but all we did is talk about the kids. So yeah, we, we just, wow. You know, we, we have not, um, we have a hard time getting out of that role. So I, I think that's something, a, a place, if it's not the initial kind of cracks or woundings that occur, I think this is another place where the comfort trap can set in because kids are a lot of work. It's, it's a lot of energy that goes into that. And sometimes you just don't, don't feel like you have the capacity to be, you know, the two adults, uh, that the partners connecting at the end of the day. If at all possible, even for five minutes, I think that's a really important thing to do to maintain the couplehood. And by the way, whatever you do, you know, with, with raising your children, you are the model for them moving forward. So it's really important. If you don't feel like you had a model, just remember you are the model for your children and you may not know how to do it exactly right or perfect. And that's totally fine. But how might you bring, oh yeah, I, this is kind of, this is a new, this, I, I'm committed to this, we'll say. I'm, I'm really invested in trying to learn and also become the model that I maybe didn't have. I think a lot of times people do that as far as raising their children, like they want to raise them in the way they weren't raised or do it differently than their parents did. But sometimes they forget about the piece of the couple involved in that, which is it's not just about how you you know treat your children or raise them. It's also about what you're modeling for them about relationships, including you know, the, the relationship with you and your spouse. Now, I know that's not going to fit for everyone, but I did just want to give that as an example there. Okay. <clears throat> so we've got this, um, you know, one version where maybe we fall into the comfort trap because we are in other roles outside of, uh, it could also be we're, you know, it could also be work-related and getting a promotion or just having a lot of responsibility there. It could be all other things that may take you away out of the, the primary, you know, relationship. It's just, we only have so much energy. And so it's easy to kind of fall into that comfort trap sometimes. And then the other side of it, as I said earlier, is maybe not knowing how to address things uh, so that you can continue to work through those and grow and progress the relationship. And therefore it's kind of stagnating. Okay. The final piece that I wanted to talk about was when you feel like there is that lack, when you feel like something's 
missing or you're discontent or dissatisfied. That's very often consciousness's way of kind of knocking on our door and saying, hey, it's time. It's time. If something's lacking, if something feels like uh, the container's too small or it just doesn't fit any anymore, I need something bigger, then that's probably what's being asked of you. And that does require work and effort and openness. But I don't think these symptoms are a result of, you know, because something went wrong. I think that this is actually how, you know, growth tries to get us on board. And if we don't come to expect or see growth is a natural part of and, and, and is expected to be a part of our relationship or our marriage with one another, then we might mistake the feelings of dissatisfaction and discontent as something to be afraid of rather than to be, you know, embraced and dealt with and, and felt, you know, we can feel the insecurity of the unknown, of course, and the anxiety that would come with that. But ultimately this is in service to the two of you, to growing your love, to even more, to new levels of development. And I think with this, this is where the modeling has broken down. We, we, who does this? Who, who can we turn to that has a relationship like this? I know there are people on the planet. I, I absolutely know that. And I hope that, you know, through the power of social media, through the power of podcasts or books and people, a lot more people going to therapy now that we're learning this relational literacy, that we're learning how to commit and grow together that we don't mistake the comfort trap. It doesn't, it could mean that we're, we're maybe, you know, it's not the right fit anymore, or we've kind of grown apart and it's just not going to work, but it could also mean, wow, we've got this real opportunity in front of us here. And I think this, I always think about this book, The Road Less Traveled by M. Scott Peck. I re reference it a lot uh, in therapy sessions and one of the things, I mean, there's so many good takeaways in there, but one of the things he says is that there are very few psychological adults in life. And for him, being a psychological adult means separating from your parents psychologically and living your own life. So that would mean not being destined to live out the same relationship that your parents had and maybe your grandparents had and your great grandparents had, if that's not the type of relationship you would want, it means about embracing your life, embracing your relationship and really finding something that's going to work for you. And maybe some of you will say, well, I already do that. And I bet you do. And I would also say this stuff gets so deeply embedded in us that it really is pretty tricky to do the family of origin work, because I want to say we all have a sense of being loyal to our family of origin. There's something in us that if we go against that, and that's, that's the conflict, that's the work of, you know, liberating yourself, freeing yourself to be able to separate and still have relationship. A lot of times people do this and they say, okay, well, yeah, in order to separate from my family, I have to cut them off. And I, yes, there are instances to do that, but but really the real work is to the both and, 
to be able to be a self, to be yourself, to live your life, to have the type of relationship you and your partner or spouse want to have with one another. And to honor and respect that other people may have different ideas for you, but you don't need to, um, the, being a psychological adult would, would be able to keep that outside of yourself. You wouldn't be ruminating on that. You wouldn't be infuriated by that. You would just say, okay, well, that's kind of your problem. I hear you. And we're going to keep living our lives because this is what's good for us. So I, I just wanted to throw that out there because I think if this is true, what M. Scott Peck puts forward, that there are very few psychological adults in the world. And he says oftentimes that occurs for individuals if it's going to when their parents pass away. So that can be really late in one's life, you know, that they're coming into this psychological adulthood. I think this is another reason why we don't have the models for what it looks like to have a relationship that works for us. So all of these things to say, the comfort trap has many layers to it. It has lots of potential and offerings for us if we can embrace it for life's asking us and requiring us to be stretched and to grow, to deepen ourselves, to develop ourselves. I think you're going to make it through just fine if you can find that, that thread within this experience in a relationship. And I, as I said earlier, I know that's not going to be the case for everyone and that it might mean, hey, I've actually outgrown this relationship and to come into awareness around that. And no matter how hard I or we would try, I just know this is going to be too small or it just does, doesn't work for me the way it once did. And that can be okay too. The comfort trap has a lot to offer us. Our job is to embrace it, to face it, to feel the fear and go towards it anyways. And I guarantee you there's something in there for you to expand yourself, to grow yourself beyond what you think your capacity is or who you are as a person in today, right here, right now. All right. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next episode. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you're interested in learning about ways to work with me, head over to my website, themoderndayromantic.com. From there, you'll be able to contact me and learn a bit more about the customized intensives and retreats I offer both individuals and couples. You'll also be able to support future podcast production via Patreon. There are several membership levels to choose from, including the Beating Hearts Club, which gives you access to exclusive content every month. Thanks so much for your support and I'll see you next episode.